Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me for this uh, midweek talk. I had my hair cut today. You hope some of you have uh, either had it done or getting there. Particularly I'm talking to my UK people uh, who we've only just uh, been allowed from Monday to go get a haircut. So uh, peace and blessings to you all uh, and I trust that what I have to share with you today will be helpful in your journey. Uh, what I want to share with you today are some things that uh, hopefully following my own personal ethos and the earth ethos of Q uh, in York will not tell you what to think but rather <clears throat> teach you how to think. And I want to talk to you about the wisdom of insecurity. Sounds a strange, uh, not just a title to propose but actually a way of being to propose uh, when so much of us is geared up to, by any means possible and by all means available, uh, to, um, to build, install, create a situation where uh, we have ultimate and absolute security. But uh, I want to show you some things today that, um, uh, without frightening you or unsettling you, but actually bringing you to a greater place of power in life, um, uh, and overcoming uh, will open up to you that there is a realm that we need to live in that is uh, actually the realm of insecurity. It's the wisdom of insecurity. Um, in the Bible, in Luke chapter 18, there's a story of a, a judge and a widow. And um, I don't want to go into all that story today, but I want to pull out to you uh, a phrase that... Um, that is in that particular story that many of you will be familiar with. Uh, in verse 8, just cutting out the first little bit of the verse, it says, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? What I want to draw your attention to today, particularly in context of that question about will he find faith on the earth, is for you to understand that belief is not faith. Um, the philosopher Alan Watts, uh, incidentally, in a book from which I stole today's title called The Wisdom of Security, uh, The Wisdom of Insecurity, uh, writes these words, and, and I mentioned these on Sunday in our talk in Q Church, and I want to raise them again for you today. Belief, as I use the word here, is the insistence that the truth is what one would leaf. There's the Two words together, be, leaf. That the truth is what one would leaf or wish it to be. He's really drawing a fact here that, that what we mean by belief is, is an insistence that, 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 that truth is what we would wish it to be. And um, we're all guilty of that. We, we, we all approach truth from the perspective of what we wish it to be. And because that becomes an influence and that influence is what we call belief. It's what we want it to be. We want, it, we want to leaf the thing that, that, um, that we wish it to be as we wish it to be. And that becomes our belief. 
the believer will open up his mind to the truth on condition that, and this is the critical thing that you need to get a hold of today, the believer, even if he is a believer, but remember what he's believing in is, is the insistence that truth be what one wishes it to be. The believer will open up his mind to truth on condition that. And here's another big problem, that what we want to uh, attach ourselves to or, or imbibe in, in, in into our existence and in our life uh, very often we are only prepared to acknowledge on the condition that. So we have conditioned on the condition that it fits in with his preconceived ideas and wishes. So we have conditions to what we wish to believe that means that it must somehow satisfy, fit in with and not disturb our preconceived ideas and wishes. And that's what happens with belief. Faith, on the other hand is an unreserved opening of the mind to truth. Belief is not, right? Belief opens its mind to, to truth on the condition that it fits with their preconceived ideas and wishes. Faith, on the other hand, is an unreserved opening of the mind to truth, whatever it may turn out to be. And that's what makes most of us shy away from what truly faith is, because it means we have to unreservedly open our mind to the truth, whatever it may turn out to be. See, faith has no preconceptions. It is a plunge into the unknown. And so we could summarise that by saying belief clings, but faith lets go. And even in that one little statement that there is already a, a, a little measure of, of test that we can apply to ourselves and what we have leafed, whether in leafing that it has been subject to those conditions of preconceived ideas and wishes, maybe what we've been taught, what we've been told that we just feel safer and securer with that. Uh, is it a belief that clings rather than faith that lets go? Because belief clings, but faith let's go. Now this is an interesting thing because when we associate faith with, with following the Christ, it does not lead us to a belief that clings, it should lead us to a faith that lets go. See, the truth is belief can thrive in the absence of faith while passing itself off as faith. And what I'm trying to say is I don't know how many of you listening to me today, and maybe I should include myself in that conversation, how many of you actually have belief but not faith and you have confused the belief that you have with the faith that you think or would hope to have and so that belief passes itself off as faith. There are several things you should know about belief as opposed to faith. Belief is a formed thing reliant on information. Belief only forms itself according to and within the boundaries in the information that it receives. That is why um, if we're only given information from a certain perspective or from a certain viewpoint, our leaf, what we wish to accept, what, what, we, what we wish it to be, uh, is, is formed by our reliance on the information that we have been given. Belief is a formed thing 
reliant on information, whereas faith is an unformed thing, reliant on inspiration. It's something that comes from in here, but, but we're a little afraid of that because what that really is, is that's the place of insecurity. We can't quite control it. We can't manipulate it. We can't dictate to it. It just kind of comes and that faith lets go and it lets itself go. So belief is a formed thing reliant on information. Faith is an unformed thing reliant on inspiration. Belief is an impression. Faith is an expression. So the beliefs that we have, we have because of things that have impressed us or impressed themselves upon us or been impressed upon us. And I realise I've struggled in my latter years not with faith, but with belief. I've struggled because I realise that much of what I think I believe, even in this context of God and Christ and the gospel and myself and everything surrounding that, uh, has actually been a leaf as I wish it to be from the impressions that have been put into my life and from the information that I was given, um, that my mind has not been really open to the fullness of truth, but, but only to truth that fits in with the preconceived ideas and wishes of not just what I formed, but what was imposed into my life. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so I didn't have really an unreserved opening of the mind. I thought I did, but I didn't actually. I had the impression, I was impressed to believe. Uh, whereas faith is an expression of something within and that's where it becomes very, very dangerous. I came across a lovely little thing which helps me tremendously in, in, in my quest for what I'm saying and trying to convey to you. And it's in the New Testament of the Bible in the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 1, verse 27. I want to read it from the New International Version because I'm going to be quite critical here, so get yourself ready. Uh, here's what it says. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, I want to note that first, not the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of Christ. Now, you might say, but they are one and the same. And I would say, yes, they are, but the Christ is more than Jesus. Jesus only appeared on the pages of history as Jesus from the moment that he was born in Bethlehem of Mary, when it says you call his name Jesus and before that he wasn't Jesus now you could say yeah but in the beginning he was the word that gets a bit complicated for those who are not part of the initiated chosen frozen um, but what I do want to say to you is the Christ is a is it's not just a concept it's a reality that is the raw material of all things that that pre-exists Jesus and follows on in Jesus and follows on past Jesus and that's why we are supposed to be not Jesusians but Christians because there's a bigger revelation. I've done teaching on that in the past. I don't know if you can find it but I would be happy to do some more conversation on that uh, because it's, it's, um, it's what I really believe and I'm very passionate about. So whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So we're talking about something bigger and wider than most Probably most of you uh, have opened yourself up to grasp. He says, then, when, then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit. Now, now here's what the New International Version says. 
contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. Now, thankfully, um, beyond the 1984 version of that into the 2000 and whatever it was, 2011, I think, uh, version of NIV, they dropped the word contending. And if you look across a gamut of different Bible translations and uh, look into, to, into original text as far as we have it, or at least some Greek origin, uh, you will find that that word contending, no, 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 no. It is a dreadful evangelical distortion of the word and the concept. I'm afraid that I have been victim of influences on my belief that were dreadful evangelical distortions. Now there are dreadful Catholic distortions and dreadful charismatic distortions. Because the point is, once we are rooted in something called belief, faith takes a back seat. And I'll explain that a little more as we go along. The proper word should not be contending. Uh, some, some translations would say striving. Striving as one man for the faith of the gospel. If you look at that original word, the really the, the context of that striving thing is wrestling. We were probably best in our English minds in the 21st century grasp this better with not with the word striving, but with the word wrestling. So it would be I I I will know I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, wrestling as one man for the faith of the gospel, wrestling, okay? See, contending as connotations of fighting for. And I was raised that way, we're always fighting. You've got to preserve the purity of the gospel. We've got to preserve the life. We, we've got to preserve holiness. We've got, we, were, we were always, you know, if, if a person hasn't come in this way, then they're not really in. And, you know, we use very much in, in, in my Pentecostal evangelical background, the word saved. They're not really saved if they haven't done this way, prayed this prayer, made this commitment, done this repentance, done this repentance to this level. When actually, if you think about it, it's the wrong word. Like I said, it's a dreadful distortion contending as connotations of fighting for. And that's the gospel. That if you were raised in a Pentecostal evangelical heritage like me, for which I'm very grateful. But uh, having been in that so long, I'm also willing to point out many of the problems that took us to belief as opposed to faith. Um, is that um, uh, we were... We, we were fighting for, always fighting for, contending as connotations of fighting for, not wrestling with. You see, there's a difference between fighting for and wrestling with. And we've too much time fighting for a set of beliefs rather than wrestling with a faith of the gospel. And because when you wrestle with, when you wrestle with, as opposed to fighting for, you might lose. You, you might have to let yourself be overcome, a bit like uh, the whole business of the story of Jacob, if you know that, and him finishing up with the limp. Uh, but here's the other thing I wanted to point you to, okay? So, so wrestling, wrestling, wrestling for, uh, wrestling with, sorry, not fighting for. Uh, what is, and here's, listen to this, the faith of the gospel. Now, you might have missed that. I know I, I would have missed it if I was still stuck in the context of uh, those beliefs or those leafs that I had of things I, the way I wished it to be 
um, or the conditions of my preconceived ideas and wishes, which were uh, very often the information was impressed upon me. Um, and so I would have missed this and have missed this for years. Uh, contending for connotative wrestling with, it's the faith of the gospel. Wrestling as one man for the faith of the gospel. Note it's not the faith in the gospel, not faith in the gospel. Now here's the problem, we have most often been pushed, pulled, uh, steered, manipulated, pressured to have faith in the gospel. But Paul is not asking us or telling us or instructing us or pleading with us to have faith in the gospel. He was not looking for people to have faith in the gospel and verify whatever means they wish to put forward to show they had faith in the gospel. To him, that was the worthless part of it. What he was looking for were those who have the faith of the gospel. So I ask again then, what is the faith of the gospel? Not faith in the gospel, the faith of the gospel. Another thing that the philosopher Alan Watts says, which I think might be helpful as we, we move this conversation forward, was this, to have faith is to trust yourself to the water. When you swim, you don't grab hold of the water because if you do, you will sink and drown. Instead, you relax and float. You see, here's what belief makes us do. It makes us try to grab things when actually what we are in, in, in the reality of the world, the universe, the cosmos, all that we are in, when what we are in, it's a bit like water. You can't grab it to stop you sinking. You know, and if you, if you one spends one's time trying to grab water in the ocean uh, to keep oneself above, then you will sink and you will drown. How you deal with that is to trust yourself to the water. Now, within that, it means you have to relax and float. We're not very good at that, nor were we taught to relax and float. What we were taught was what I said to you before, to contend for the faith. And, and we were contending for faith in the gospel, not actually relaxing and floating to experience what is the faith of the gospel, something that flows out of and within the gospel, the good news, that is not, it's not, is absolutely not the pressure on what you believe. See, the faith of the gospels is relax and float, not grab hold and hang on. Do you see the difference there? Okay, I'll let you think about where you sit in the equation of the stress that comes from that. I've spent most of my life grabbing hold and hanging on, grab hold of truth, hang on, instead of learning to relax and float. See, I would suggest that most Christians have faith in the gospel. As much as they that can be described as faith, rather than the faith of the gospel. See, believing is a valid discipline. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, there are scriptures about believing and, you know, believing's part of life and believing is valid and believing is a valid discipline, but it should not be confused with faith. That's the problem. We have confused belief with faith. And so we found ourselves in all the difficulties that we shared a little earlier in this talk. You see, see belief has within it a danger that faith frees us from. 
So what is the danger in belief? I would have thought, you would have thought, we would have been told that actually it's a, it's a solid belief that will keep you from danger. But actually belief has within it a terrible danger that faith will always free you from. And here's what that danger is. The danger is the risk of stagnation. Because belief tends to be fixed while faith tends to be dynamic. Belief looks at a story and holds it as that way forevermore, where faith allows that story or that word to continue to become what it needs to become forever and ever. Faith has an eternal perspective. Belief as an immediate perspective or a past perspective, mostly a past perspective, because we are believing what we have experienced or we have believing what we were told or we are believing what was impressed upon us, where faith takes us beyond and outside of that. And yeah, it's dangerous, but I think any risk that is within this uh, relaxing and floating that is faith far outweighs the danger that is within uh this thing called belief, which is the dang the risk of stagnation. And I think if you look around you, if you even look within the community that would call itself Christian, and you look at some of the things that have come out of that, i.e. denominations, um, fundamental truths, statements of faith, um, we you can see that what has happened is there is stagnation. Hence the reason there's always the push, and there's always a push for something more that that if you're held within that belief, won't allow that ever to become anything in the same way that Judaism, the, the Jewish constituted religious thought of the time of Jesus, could not allow him to push beyond. So Jesus, who was the word, who was, who was faith in the very essence of its manifestation, uh, did not lock himself into the stagnation of, that had come from belief that was held, but he was trying to bring them to a place of faith so that they could go beyond. And uh, there's no, no, certainly no evangelical theologian, probably no theologian that has a problem with the fact that Jesus was trying to move them on. But in order to move them on, he has to deal with what they believe. And if they won't deal with what they believe, which they couldn't, what they'll do is they'll crucify the one who tries to move them on. Because it's not about believing in, it's about the faith of the gospel. Belief makes people defend, shut down and shut out, doesn't it? Faith makes people open up, reach forward and risk. I think one of the great lessons from uh, the chapter in Hebrews, which is chapter 11, which uh, is known in Christian circles as the great chapter of uh, of faith and the heroes of faith is this that faith always looks forward you read that in with this in mind and you'll see faith always looks forward it's always looking for that which cannot yet be seen so you cannot formulate a belief in that context because faith is looking forward to what cannot yet be seen and one could argue that you cannot believe forward which is why belief can be a problem holding you back because you can't believe forward. The very beliefs that you hold can stop you moving forward or moving into something that is not yet seen or even understood that expands way beyond uh, where we currently are in our leaf with all its conditions. 
and restrictions. Belief can be made to look far more impressive than faith because it creates the false security associated with fixed points. So where do we gravitate to? We love the fixed points. But because of that, belief becomes more impressive than faith. It creates the false security that can only be attached to those fixed points, which is never part of faith, which is why I said today I was going to talk about the wisdom of insecurity. The problem then is that we give equal standing uh, to belief as we do to faith. And the problem is that belief can be a counterfeit for true faith, a big counterfeit for true faith, which prevents us ever moving ourselves into that wonderful place uh, of where we let go, where faith lets go, rather than belief making us cling. Now, I appreciate there are many scriptures on faith and belief that I've not sought to analyse today. Uh, I know what they are, I know where they are, uh, but I believe you would do well to reassess them through this lens of uh, the difference between belief and faith. So, just in closing, let me um, use one more little Bible verse, because it's such a dominant one that most of you will know. Um, in Romans 10 verse 17 says, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, uh, the word word there um, is in the Greek uh, translated from something that we don't have a direct English word for. So there are two Greek words that we would translate both of them as word and they don't mean the same. Uh, I don't really want to go into that too much. The words are logos and rhema. Uh, one is a general word like me saying to a crowd of 100 people, I love you. The other one is a rhema word, which is like me saying to my wife, I love you, it means a very different thing. And uh, this is the latter one, means a very different thing than just uh, uh, something that's kind of grabbed that is for everybody. The, the reason I mention that is this, that, that faith comes only where there is a willingness to hear beyond your belief. I believe that's what this is driving at uh, in its use of words, that faith comes only where there is a willingness to hear beyond your belief. That's the thing we find so difficult and that's why this thing called faith needs to come. But it doesn't come by hearing the Bible. Now, it may happen or occur in connection with the Bible, but that verse doesn't say faith comes by hearing the Bible. It says faith comes by hearing this intimate inner thing that drives an inspiration that makes a willingness to hear beyond your belief. And that may even be beyond your, quote, Christian belief because you have allowed that to become something that is rigid and holding you back. You see, you see, you cannot hear in the way that I'm talking about while ever belief is allowed to keep replaying its incantations of rigid conclusion in your head. And that's what belief does. It replays these incantations of rigid conclusions over and over. The problem is we can't hear behind that and through that and beyond that unless something special happens. I want you to open yourself up to hear 
what is the word of faith that will come to you that will take you to that place of risk but it will break you out of this place and allow you to see something very special which I'll mention in just one moment see what we're also raised with I know I was the that was the also the fear of devils and deception and that that you know you you will be deceived if you, you must you must hold the rigid belief that you have because if you don't you will be deceived and no trust in the process of faith imagine if the likes of Abraham had stuck to that ideal, he would have never left Ur of the Colleys, for those of you that understand what I'm saying here. But he was told to leave country people, father's house, to go to a land God would show him. And for those of you who understand that, that's the same idea. But for many of us, the fear of devils and deception has been so deeply embedded into our minds, maybe into your mind, that the possibility of engaging the faith of the gospel not just faith in the gospel the faith of the gospel as opposed to faith in the gospel the the the, the, the possibility of engaging that becomes almost zero so i'm asking you to be conscious and to allow that to be broken see i believe if there is such a thing as being born again which you know jesus used it one time in um in in john chapter 3 and uh, that's become a, an icon, I will use that word, an icon of evangelical Christianity. You must be born again. Um, but I think really if you assess that in the context of what that story was and what we've heard today, that if there is such a thing as being born again, I think that it's we are born again to the realisation of the faith of the gospel. Not not seeing it just that you are saved, but in accordance with that, that concept that you are part of an amazing reality called the kingdom of God. Being born again is about being born again to the realisation of the faith of the gospel. That's been my drive to try and get you to that place today of the realisation of the faith of the gospel that opens us up to an amazing reality which Jesus called the kingdom of God and I believe in with all my heart but in order to see that the faith of the gospel rather than just faith or belief in the gospel you are going to have to be willing to engage with and embrace the wisdom of insecurity I love you. I'll catch you again next week. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash QChurchYork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.